I started a series a couple weeks ago called Let's Get Together. And, uh, and I want to continue along these lines today and stir your heart to get together. With the right time, at the right time, in the right place, with the right people, to have the desired results that we want. And how many know a simple look at the physical body will tell us that the various body parts need each other, right? You're not gonna, you're not gonna uh, uh, amputate a part of your body, set it off to the side, and it's going to thrive, right? It's not going to do well while disconnected from other parts of the body. Uh, Likewise, it is necessary in the body of Christ for each person to uh, fulfill his or her function and be in relationship to other parts of the body, all right? Not only do we need uh, proximity, I mean, you have to be in close location, but how many know you could, uh, it's entirely possible to be in close proximity with other parts of the body. I mean, I could go back to the illustration, I could cut off my hand and leave it close to my body, but it's still, di- it's still dying, right? It's still not going not gonna to thrive at all. Uh, you, you not only need to be close, but there needs to be a connection, There needs to be a certain person in the right place connected to other people who are in the right place. When all this comes together, there is a great giving and receiving, uh, a partaking of one to another, and individuals benefit, okay? We are better off in the company of each other, all right? Uh, now, uh, let me clarify when I make statements like that, because I don't mean that necessarily every believer is better off being in the company of every other believer, or when I say believer, I, I'm looking for a general term for someone who calls himself a Christian, all right? Because, uh, well, not everyone is moving forward, not everybody is making progress, and, and actually, for some individuals to be tightly and consistently associated with others who call themselves Christians uh, could actually be a hindrance to their life. Because if you are surrounded by and connected to individuals who are not growing, who are not increasing, who are not personally experiencing God in, in their life, you will begin to consider that to be normal and you will adapt to that uh, lack of progress, okay? And so we need to uh, be around each other, associate proximity and in giving and receiving with each other, but the each other there, you know, it, it's important that we recognize those who are uh, making advancements, those who are seeing God move personally in their life. Uh, and a good test, I mean, if everyone around you is you know, complaining, is griping, is sad, is sick, is, you know, not fruitful, not using, not being used of God, then you have to watch out immediately. Even though they say, I believe in Jesus, you could end up adapting to that model, being forced into that, that shape to where all of a sudden things aren't working in your life. And you're not receiving from the Lord and not being used of God. And, and, and you can get grumpy too. Huh? And that's bad. Right? That's bad. We benefit 
from each other. I, I benefit from, from what uh, you have. And I also then have a need to share what I have. You have a need to, to, to let me say it this way, you benefit from what the Lord has given me. But you also benefit from an atmosphere, a context, an environment to share what the Lord has given you. All right. In this, there's a freshness. There's a, there's a, a thriving available as opposed to those who have become stagnant, uh, have become comfortable with no results. And, and by the way, that's a disease that's, that's big time right now. You know, I mean, people meeting in all kinds of places as we meet... Uh, uh, Many of them have accepted a life with no results. I mean no activity of God to be normal in life. That's why we stirred you up over the last week to make note of every single day the work of God in your life. Because this is to be the norm. And anything outside of that is totally weird. And I don't want to be weird. I don't want you to be weird. And it's weird if you call yourself a Christian and God never moves in your life. Uh, so we want to stir it up in ourselves. And we want to associate with and have connection with other parts of the body who have it going on. I mean, things are happening in life. Uh, and, and not just we come to church and go out to eat. I mean, anyone can do that. I'm talking about the Spirit of God working in and through. And our gifts are being used. And we are maximizing our potential in God. And healings are taking place. And people are getting saved. And we get happier every day. Happy, happy, happy. You're in Acts chapter 2, right? Good, I'll read that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> here's the deal. Here's the deal. I really believe that my life is diminished if I'm not sharing. If I don't have an outlet, if I don't have an opportunity to give what the Lord has given me, and that could be across the board a myriad of things. Everything from resources to revelation to love. To, I, I need to be giving out what God has given me. And when I do, my life goes up. I am increased. I am filled. I am fulfilled. This is a need for your life. If you haven't found this, uh, I, I'm trying to create an atmosphere where... It can be automatic in you, where, where even those who are not uh, super comfortable or super outgoing, you know, some of you, you'll, you can have a conversation, you know, with a dog. Uh, maybe that's not the best illustration, because I can do that. Uh, but some people, they're so quick to just spark up a conversation, have a, a, a good fellowship with, uh, with any, anyone, anyone, anything that moves. And others, you wouldn't do that in a thousand years. You'd be comfortable sitting in the corner, not talking to anyone. But I'm telling you, whatever the personality is, whatever your natural bent is, there is something of God on the inside of you that needs a release. It does. And it doesn't mean that everyone will look like someone else. The way they do it will be different than how it looks in you. But we've got to find an avenue. We've got to find a place where these things can come out and, and then watch our lives shine and thrive and watch growth happen in the middle of it. You've heard that saying, use it or lose it. Well, uh, you know, there, there's, some, there's, some, there's some truth to that, I think. There's, there's something in us that has to be used. And if, if not, it's like, the, it's like the fire that is, you know, 
dwindled down. And it's not producing the heat that it could. All right, Acts chapter 2, this is our text for this series, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. This is the, this is the group that just got saved. At this point, there was 3,120 people in the body of Christ. And this is what they did. They continued. All right, it's not enough to just be born again. You, I mean, that's enough to get you all the blessings of heaven, but you need to then continue in habitual practices that produce good things in your life and others. Like I said to you already, the the most common Greek word translated here, fellowship, which is the one we're keying in on, it means a sharing in common, a partnership, a participation. It is also translated as contribution, communion, distribution, and communication. And so this early church, these early believers, they made a habit. They, in fact, the NIV, like I've been sharing with you, says that they devoted themselves to this. They devoted themselves to what? Communication, uh, communion, co- contribution, partnership, sharing in common, all these things with other believers. They said, this is really, really important. We are going to commit and dedicate our lives to this continually. And it produced some really, really good results in their lives. Now, if you look down at the 46th verse, it reads, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness, And simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And, this is good, I like this. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And so in the context of them acting this way, not just being saved themselves, but committing to these practices, to these habitual uh, action items in their lives, the Lord used that to add daily to the church. Okay. Now, if you're saved, this is your heart, because this is the heart of the Father. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge of the truth. It's your desire that people be saved. Some say, we just need to preach the gospel. Uh, no doubt about it, that's key, that's important. But I'm telling you, the way the church took off like a rocket in the beginning days, and it spread throughout the whole earth, was not just preach the gospel. It was some habits that they had in their lives of getting together, of sharing with one another, of letting what was in them be used to lift and bless and help another person's life. Okay? Amen. Anybody okay today? Everybody alive and well? This is an environment, I believe, that that fosters spiritual, emotional, even physical health. Okay? Uh, We need healthy families, not just families. Right? If you've been in an unhealthy or are in an unhealthy family, you could say, oh, yeah, that's true. Huh? I know what it likes to be around an unhealthy group. Not just talking sicknesses and sickness and disease. I'm talking emotional. I'm talking about the big picture of, of, of health. All right. We need to have a healthy church. Healthy churches, I mean, good things happen. But when you're in an unhealthy environment, you know, diseases grow. Right? Have you ever heard uh, uh, different medical people talk about uh, uh how your body can be acidic 
or what's the other word? You guys know what I'm talking about. This must be widespread information. Or alkaline. You know, I think that's a battery, isn't it? Alkaline. Anyway, uh, some things I've heard that if a body is in an acidic state, then it's basically growing diseases in it. I mean, it's a breeding ground for bad things like cancers and different things to grow. But if a body is in an alkaline state, then it, you know, naturally repels and so forth and it, it, it is naturally healthy and so uh, there's probably better ways to say that but you guys know that right way ahead of me how many know likewise uh, you can have a family you can have a group you can have a local church that has attributes to it that has some characteristics to it that uh, allow people to thrive I mean you just get in there and it seems like growth is the norm the norm in that place. And you could be a part of a group where it's just something wrong there. I mean, something does, something's just wrong. Whether you can identify it or not, but people aren't happy. People aren't thriving. People aren't growing. And I'm convinced a part of this is this sharing aspect. It's this relationship not only with the Lord, that's first and foremost, but our relationships that we have with one another and that giving and receiving people are in the right place and it causes an atmosphere to be alive. I mean to thrive. I mean someone's hurting and the body goes whoop and they surround it and they lift it and they fix it. Right? I mean, it's like if someone, if I come out there and step on your toe, I've got your whole body's attention. Right? Or poke you in the ribs or something. Right? The rest of your body says, whoop, something's going on here. <laughs> because it naturally wants to fix what's wrong. In a healthy environment, it, it heals what's broken. Praise God. I mean that on, a, on quite a few different levels. I do mean physically. I do mean emotionally, in, in, you know, relationally, in, in, in many other areas. Look with me at Proverbs 13. Proverbs, the 13th chapter. Uh, this is a verse that um, some of you probably know well. It, it ties in close to some of the things we shared with you last week. Proverbs 13 and, 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 and verse 20, it reads, He who walks with wise men will be, what? Wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. See, those who are consistently around an unhealthy group will very likely con- contract the, the, the problems within that group. All right, And so what we want to do is, for us personally, obviously we want to be around something that's healthy, something that's alive and thriving. Uh, but once we're a part of that, we don't want to allow, quote, disease to get in. We want to maintain a healthy life. We want to maintain a healthy atmosphere and group. And so he who walks with wise will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. Probably many parents have shared that verse with their kids, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's not my kid. They're a good kid. It's all their friends. Well, sometimes there's truth to that. But be realistic. Sometimes your kid's the leader. (laughs) And you need to call the other parents and say, would you keep your kids away from my kid because my kid's going to ruin them. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to say all that. 
It's not true. It's that person sitting down the aisle from you. It's not your kid. It's theirs. Uh, anyway, I guess get back to the word. Um, the companion of fools will be destroyed. I like this, this verse from the expanded Bible. It, it reads this way. Spend time. Walk, go with the wise, and you will become wise. But the friends of fools will suffer or get into trouble. Yeah. And so we have a, we have a choice. See, uh, walking with the wise is intentional. It's a, it's, it's a verb. I, I, I'm intentionally going somewhere with wise people. Is anybody doing that in their life? I, I, I trust you are, that, that you're looking for wise people, individuals that you can go there with on purpose. I mean, you're, they're in your life because you want them to be in your life, right? But the companion here, the companion of fools that'll be destroyed, this is, uh, it, this is interesting. It, it uses the word like, uh, like for pastor, um, rea, and it has, when you think of pastor, we, we kind of get what we do now and we lose the original mindset of a shepherd and sheep and that kind of environment. Sheep are put out to pasture to eat and graze and all this kind of stuff. Uh, when a person is walking with a, not walking with, but is a companion then of fools, they're hanging out in the same pasture. All right, They're eating the same stuff the fools are eating. And how many know, if you're chewing on and, and living in the same atmosphere and environment, eating the same stuff that fools eat, then you, uh, you'll probably get the same results that they have, all right? And, and so this is what happens, how a person's life goes down. They are casually associating with wrong atmospheres, wrong groups of people, and they're eating the same thing they're eating. I mean, you go over to someone's house, you're going to eat what they have, right? I'm talking physically. Likewise, it is relationally in, in, in associations, and that's what leads to the, the downfall of so many people, okay? Uh, so, again, if we are eating the same thing, then we shouldn't be surprised if we get the same results that they get. Someone said, well, I don't know why things aren't going very well in my life. Uh, well, what are you eating? And I'm not talking about your physical diet, all right? What are you eating? I, I don't like the, the, the approach, the, the view in life that just looks at a family, at a person, an individual that seems to always have things going wrong. Tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, and, we, and, and people sit there and go, hmm, I just don't understand. I just don't know why everything continues to go wrong. It's just, they just, it's just bad luck. <laughs> or it's just, they just drew a bad straw in life. See, that doesn't, that's not only not true, it doesn't help. You know what I'm talking about? See, and if you see your own self that way, man, I just can't get a break. Every time I turn around, everything goes wrong. Well, I guess you're stuck then. Stinks to be you. Or 
we start looking a little bit deeper and realizing that God loves me just as much as He loves someone else. He gave His very best for me. All the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. And I believe with the Spirit of God in me, the life of God in me, His promises, His ability working in me, I can succeed in life. I can enjoy my life. and I can have opportunity and success. You see, which one am I going to believe? If I believe the latter, then I start looking for what am I eating? What am I feeding on? What am I associating with? Who am I looking to? What am I following in life? Because those things are things that we can change. Amen. I'm looking for mindsets. I'm looking for mentality that, that is just inconsistent with a victorious life. And see, I can make adjustments there. I can make changes and begin to experience good things in my life. And so, so I, I am looking for a good place to get connected, looking for a good place to associate, looking for a relationship with believers who are the real deal. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians, Paul uh, talked to the Corinthian church about this very, this very thing. In the sixth chapter, he was talking about the difference between light and darkness and, and so forth. He said in the verse in, in the 14th verse, 2 Corinthians six fourteen, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? So you notice that. What fellowship? What do you mean? What sharing? What sharing in common? What, uh, what's the same? What's going on here? What fellowship? And, and what accord has Christ with Belial? What's the answer to these questions? None. None. But people are forcing it sometimes. And what has the believer, or what part has the believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will, be, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And so a great emphasis was placed in their day on recognizing uh, that, 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 that there is some wrong thinking out there. There's some wrong living. There's some wrong ways to conduct yourself. And if you connect yourself to them, that's going to hurt. Now, I said this last week. I, I want to emphasize again. This is not telling the church to stay away from the world as far as they're our mission. They're the ones we love. They're, they're the ones we live for. That's where the church gets into big error when they think it's all about them. It's all about me. They come to church and my seat and my parking lot and my song and, and, and my temperature and, and, and my whatever. And they become totally opposite of the love of God. Totally missing the mark from what the Lord intended for the church. Huh? And that is a breeding ground for complaint and, 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 and just a bad attitude. And that doesn't help anyone, does it? No. We've got to have a mindset of someone else. We're reaching the world. But, it, but you notice that at the end of this verse here, it goes into the next chapter. But how many know Paul didn't write the chapter? We put the chapter in there. Helps to find it. Let's read the next verse. He said, therefore, having these promises... Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, now watch what he's talking about. Uh, have you ever, has that verse ever given you trouble? Where he thought, what do you mean cleanse ourselves of the, of the filthiness of the flesh and spirit? I'm saved. I don't have 
I don't have filthiness, especially spiritual filthiness. I've been born again. I have the life of God. Why would I need to cleanse myself of the, of the Spirit? Because He's not talking about your spirit. He's talking about their spirit. Not talking about your flesh. Talking about their flesh. Talking about uh, uh, cleansing ourselves. Um, let us have a, a separation between the world and us. You've been made righteous. You've been washed clean. You've, you are now in Christ, walking in light, and we don't want that light to be diminished. We're all the same. Look over at the 10th chapter. Well, that's pretty close. Well, other book, 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10, not 2nd. We are all the same now. We have this commonality, this similarity going on that has drawn us together today because we have, as the Scripture would say it this way, we have partaken of the same bread. All right? We have partaken of the same bread, which is Jesus, which is the body of Christ. And because of that, again, we are one. I know some people are praying for the body of Christ to become one, but we already are. We already are. We're already one in Him. We're one in Jesus. Now, relationally, that should be outworked, no doubt about it. Uh, we should treat each other and, and view each other in that way. But we're already one in the Spirit. We've already been one in the body of Christ. We have this commonality. That's true. In uh, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 18, notice, uh, observe Israel after the flesh, uh, meaning natural Israel, okay, are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar talking about old testament sacrifice and the priests would benefit from that uh, verse 19 what am i saying then that an idol is anything or what is offered to idols is anything rather the things with the which the gentiles sacrifice they sacrifice to demons and not to god and i do not want you to have fellowship with demons okay what does he mean they had all kinds of issues because people were uh, worshiping idols and in their day, it wasn't uh, just the same way it looks in our society, but it was little statues and things they called gods. And, and they weren't really gods. They were just little statues, and they were just idols. There was no power to them or no li- life to them, but they would worship them. And there was all this stuff going on. And, and he said, what's really going on there, though, even though that thing is nothing, when they worship that, when they sacrifice to those things, they're actually sacrificing to demons, Okay, what, let me read the rest and then I'll, I'll come back to that. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You not, cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? And so again, he's saying, there's some differences. There's light and there's darkness. There's the Lord's cup and there's the cup of demons. And he said, what these people are doing, he said, uh, what they're doing is actually fellowshipping with demons. See, see how this hinders a person's relationship with God? You cannot fellowship with the Lord. Oh, I love the Lord. He's so wonderful to me. He's so good. And then out of the next breath, we're fellowshipping with demons. Say, so, well, I, no one would really ever do that. Yeah, they would. That's why this is written. This is not written just because this never happens and it's just a it's theory. It's just sci-fi and... And, uh, no, this really happens. People try to fellowship with the Lord, and then they revert to fellowship with demons. But not directly. I'm not talking about lighting up your candles in your house and bowing down to a little statue and, and uh, 
But, but this shows us that even with there, there, though there is a natural something, in their case an idol, but something physical in the world, there oftentimes are sources of inspiration behind that object, that activity, that, uh, that art. And when people associate with the external, they are, in fact, he's revealing associating, fellowshipping with a demon spirit. Okay? See, this would help us if we would recognize what we enjoy in life. Sometimes it can be through various avenues of entertainment that we enjoy watching or listening to or reading, those type of things. And as we get involved with them, we are, someone said, oh, it's just a story, it's just made up, or it's just a movie, or it's just this song. Uh, fine, some of them are exactly that. No more spiritual than, you know, walking through the forest, whatever. Uh, but how many know sometimes the content of what we're singing, the content of what we're enjoying, has been inspired by a demon, and we love the Lord, and then we immediately go switch, and we turn on, and we partake of and fellowship with something that was inspired by some lust demon, by some, uh, some you know, some, some uh, violent demon, whatever, uh, some different spirit that would stir up certain activity and communication to let it creep into our minds. I just don't seem to be, my time with the Lord just doesn't seem to be as rich because you're worshiping demons on the side. Now, I don't know, I know people wouldn't do that intentionally, but sometimes we have fellowship with all this stuff unintentionally, but that's really what it is. And with just a natural mind, how many know Christians among all people of the earth ought to be aware of and not only aware of and conscious of a spirit realm. That we are not just physical beings. We serve a God who we cannot see, but He manifests in us continually. Right? But we serve, He's a God we can't see. And there is a whole spiritual realm out there. There's a lot of activity. For us to live ignorant of it would be foolish. Now, I'm not talking about being demon conscious. Looking for a demon around every bush, and every time someone looks at you funny, you think they're possessed. You know, I'm talking about. I'm not. I'm not talking about being just ultra uh, critical of every type of music or movie produced, and say, "Ooh, is there a demon in that show?" You know, but some things are obvious. I know we went to a movie recently, and 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 it was a, a fine, entertaining movie. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't not go to it again. Uh, but the previews, I, I was so I was annoyed at the movie theater because the previews were all horror movies. You know, I mean, and that stuff. By the way, let me just throw this out: that is demonic. It it really is. Someone said, "I really love horror movies." Really, and God at the same time. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there because what is it meant to do? Stir up a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear will cripple your prayer life and your ability to trust God in the midst of life and storms and different situations. You can't live afraid. 
Some say, well, I'm not really afraid of any of that stuff. Yeah, whatever. You're still fellowshipping with demons. And over a matter of time, those things can infiltrate your thinking process, your emotional life, and it's, it's harmful. And I'm not up here to set some standard of, of law and say you can see this, you can't see this, but we should be wise. We should be spiritually perceptive and recognize if I read this, you know, it's going to harm me. It's, going, it's not going to contribute to righteous living and righteous thinking and an outflow of God's power through my life. Hmm. I mean, I remember listening to or reading something from one minister years ago, and he, w- he was big, and I am big on this too, so that's why I can relate. But he's big on ministering healing to the sick and seeing the power of God flow and, and all this stuff. And he made this statement that, that, you know, I haven't made this per se, and I, I just remembered it. He said, I won't listen to anyone. I won't listen to any teachers or preachers that don't have miracles and power flowing through their life. And I thought, wow, that's quite a statement. <laughs> but but, but, what, but what, what did I get at? He recognized he didn't want that to diminish in him at all by intentionally associating with those who lacked power. So whether you do that or not, but we should be wise. We should pay attention to what we're listening to, what we're feeding on, what kind of environment we're in. Because we want to maximize the work of God. Uh, amen. We want to have fellowship. Christian fellowship. It's on a high level. It's God moving. It's the spirit. It's, it's God's revelation. It's what he has shown us and revealed to us in life. Praise God. Let me finish with this today. Hmm. It's just starting to get good, huh? It took a while. <laughs> just starting to get good. I, getting into a good flow. But let me, let me finish with this today. We'll come back. Next week's going to be super, super important. Okay, to what we're doing and where we're going as a group corporately, and uh, so you don't want to miss. But let me give you this. Uh, What does a healthy group look like? A healthy family, a healthy group, a healthy church. I know that a healthy church is empowering. Empowering. You feel stronger, energized, enabled, whereas the opposite there, an unhealthy group would be draining. I mean, every time you go away, it's like, man, that was work. <sighs> I, feel, I feel like the strength was sapped out of me. Have you ever been, don't raise your hand, because I've, I've been to churches like that where I walked out like, <laughs> not physically, but I felt that way. I thought, ugh. You know, if I came here consistently, I would be weak. I thought, that's a sad testimony, and I don't want to discourage them, but I mean, I, I didn't. I'm not telling you who they are. Uh, but secondly, a healthy group is happy. They are. If you're not happy, you're not healthy. Now you can be, you can up your game. But I mean, when we want to, if a, if a group is meeting together, and there's not a whole lot of laughter and smiling, something's off. Okay? So they're happy, whereas an unhealthy group would be, it's drudgery. It's a, you know, that drug problem. I got drugged to church. That kind of, that kind of thing. Uh, a healthy group is, number three, is growing. It's a growing environment spiritually and in other ways, growing, whereas an unhealth, unhealthy environment would be withering. Think of that plant. It needs some water. Uh, number four, a healthy group is others-minded. Others-minded, where an unhealthy group, what? Self-centered. 
It's all about me. It's all about what I want, what I like, my preference, all that kind of stuff. But, but a healthy group, if we're going to be a healthy church, we're going to have healthy small groups, we're always looking to bless someone else. All right. Number, number five, a healthy group is freeing. Freeing. It's a free environment, a free atmosphere. It's liberating. Come on, if anything is New Testament, it's that. It's freedom, right? Whereas an unhealthy environment is controlling. It's, it's restrictive. Everything's about rules. Everything's about regulation. Everything's about keeping people in, in a box, all right? Uh, uh, number six, a healthy environment, healthy group is, is complementary complimentary they love to to praise not only the lord but speak highly of each other and uh and and magnify and identify good things happening whereas an unhealthy group is critical there's always attention drawn to every little thing that's wrong so i don't like that one good you're critical no i'm just kidding uh number seven and number number seven uh a healthy group is fruitful is fruitful. It's bearing fruit. There is much fruit that comes out of it. It is reproducing. It is a God atmosphere. An unhealthy group is barren. Is barren. I mean, just nothing good's going on. Nothing good is being produced. There's not an overflow of God's blessings and favor and good stuff going on. And uh, praise God. God is good. I tell you what, He's doing some good things in our lives, good things in our church. And uh, we're on the right path. We really are. We're on the path. We're on a trajectory to see God move in our midst like never before, personally, corporately, in our homes. And, uh, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Let's pray today. Father, we love you. We serve you. We worship you with our whole heart, with everything we are, with everything we do. Lord, we give all the thanks and all the praise to you. Oh, you're such a good God. Wonderful. Wonderful you are. Wonderful, Lord. We thank you for working in us. And Father, I thank you even now that there has been identity, some things have been identified in individuals to, to remove. Oh, and the, the fruit that's going to happen. Glory to God. Oh, the benefits that shall come as a result will be outstanding. Some of them will be immediate, and some of them will take time. I'm speaking by the Spirit. There'll be drastic changes. There'll be sudden and immediate increases. There'll be an influx of God activity in people's lives that they have not seen ever. And some for many years. There is a move of the Spirit of God. There is a connectivity that individuals are making with God and breaking things that hinder, that are, that are in opposition to the ways of God and it'll be like cutting a cord and they'll be set free they'll be released from captivity they'll be released from bondage and they'll run free hallelujah in a wide open place in a wide like a like a wide open field go for a run no longer restricted no longer contained no longer bound up in that place they'll not remain but freedom freedom that they've longed for is here at last praise God father I thank you for what you're doing in lives today thank you for this this victory this rejoicing and this freedom that's here to stay we give you all the praise we give you all the honor all the glory ha ha Mm. glory to God you've been angry 
it's time to let that go Father I release these in Jesus name who've been bound with bitterness with anger resentment come on now if I'm talking about you this is going on in your heart give it up to the Lord right now we release that in Jesus name Father, I pray right now for a fresh filling now, displacing all that garbage, a fresh filling and anointing of the Spirit of God in their hearts and lives that releases them from those negative, defeating, emotional states. Thank you, Lord, for your Spirit working in them today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Anger is released. Bitterness goes away. And now there's victory in Jesus to stay. Thank you for what you're working in hearts today, Lord. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, God is good.